Hello, fellow law nerds. Welcome to another special confirmation hearing episode of Boom Lawyered, a rewire.news podcast hosted by the legal journalism team that, I, I don't know, like, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I'm Imani Gandhi. <laughs> and I'm Jess Piccolo. Rewire.news is the leading nonprofit journalism outlet devoted to reporting on reproductive and sexual health, rights, and justice. And the Team Legal Podcast is part of that mission, so a big thank you to our subscribers and a welcome to our new listeners. What a week. What a week. And if you're just starting listening now, I, I urge you to go back to at least listen to the, the prior two days. Because my Lanta, <laughs> like, these hearings are bananas. I mean, starting off with Cory Booker and his this is Sparta moment. I mean, my God, can you tell us about what went on with Cory Booker this morning? Wow, has it been a day? And like yesterday, it is still going. We are not even done. Grassley just announced that senators are going to get a third round of questioning tonight. So we are strapped in for a long one. So how did it start? Let's talk about maybe real quick how it ended last night. Last night, there was a big fight about documents that sort of carried over. And we've talked about that fight in um, our other episodes of the podcast. So folks can go back and listen to those and get all caught up on the details. What happened was Booker said effectively that there was email evidence that uh, Kavanaugh had said some very not nice things about uh, racial minorities and had endorsed racial profiling in certain instances and, you know, had taken positions when he was in the Bush White House to try and roll back uh, race conscious affirmative action programs. And during his testimony without this email, Kavanaugh had really hemmed and hawed and said, boy, I don't remember a lot of that. And maybe there was some stuff, but I was kind of just a paper pusher and so shucks geez I don't know and like really well, played yes. I mean to be fair he did coach black kids in basketball so I know how bad could he possibly be when it comes to racial profiling well today we found out thanks to this moment by Cory Booker so these documents that Booker was was questioning him about Kavanaugh about had been marked confidential um, by Grassley and Bill Burke, who we've also talked about. They're not nice dudes. And um, Booker decided to leak them to, to say screw what? it. Yep. You he really did. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, like I got to say, this is a moment because we know Republicans, if the shoe was on the other foot, would have leaked these documents weeks ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's the one thing with Democrats. They are so beholden to decorum and institutional norms, but we are not living in a time period where decorum or institutional norms mean anything. So it was kind of nice to see Booker just be like, hashtag YOLO. I'm leaking this shit. Come at me, bro. And it was really a moment because the uh, potential uh, consequences for Booker are extreme. He could face, under the rules of the Senate, expulsion from the Senate. He could get kicked out. So he effectively said, do it. I dare you to ex uh, to expel me. And it was a really smart move, too, because to expel a senator, you need two thirds of the Senate to vote for that. So. There's no way in hell that Grassley are going to is going to get two thirds of the senators. Right. A bunch of a bunch of a bunch of primarily white dudes are going to vote out the black senator from New Jersey. That's not right. a good look. <laughs> right. And so he started this and then a bunch of other senators jumped in. Right. Durbin was like, I'm going to jump in this pit with you. He was like, <laughs> ride or die, ride or die. So that was like amazing. But what was great is to see how much this shook the Republicans, because Grassley jumped in right away and said, no, 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 we'll find a compromise for you. We'll figure out a way to get these documents. So 
what's the ultimate end game here? Is it going to end the Kavanaugh nomination? Like, is it going to change minds? I don't know. But for that moment in time, it was really effective strategy and great to see the Democrats use procedure in their uh, favor and, quite frankly, to get in the mud and fight a little bit. I mean, leaking documents like they should. And then so Hirono leaked some documents. It was it was a big and that was the first hour. (laughs) Everybody was email leaking. Everybody was. I really (laughs) I actually tweeted that to Jessica this morning (laughs) to the tune of Kung Fu fighting. Everybody was email leaking. (laughs) Yeah. So there's this. So that was like that was like setting the stage. Right. So like fireworks out of the gates. We're not even into questioning. And already we've got Democrats leaking emails. We've got Grassley like scrambling to make sure that he doesn't have Republicans trying to vote the black guy out of office. (laughs) It's just like it's it's a mess. And so from there, the questioning gets really, really heated. And as you expect. And so Democrats are questioning Kavanaugh very uh, vigorously. Republicans are jumping in to rehabilitate him. And then there's this moment with Ted Cruz. And I want to just kind of like pause here for a moment. Uh, The question was, first, was this a substantial burden on the religious exercise? And it seemed to me quite clearly uh, it was. It was a technical matter of filling out a form in that case. But they said filling out the form would make them complicit in the provision of uh, the abortion-inducing drugs that they were, as a religious matter, objected to. Did you just hear Kavanaugh call birth control an abortifacient? You know, we've been saying for a while that it wasn't just abortion rights that are on the line, that contraception is on the line. And for those of you who've been following Jess and I ranting and raving on Twitter over the past seven or eight years, this goes back to some of the issues that were brought up in Hobby Lobby, right? Whether Mm -hmm. or not Hobby Lobby, which had a sincerely held religious belief that contraception is an abortifacient. And so the Supreme Court said, sort of basically said, well, irrespective of whether it is or isn't, you sincerely believe that. And so we have to accept that as true. So now we've got we're in a situation where the high court has already said to a company, "Okay, yeah, we're going to accept as true that birth control is an abortifacient. And it is not. And I think it's really important to stress that it is not and to not let Republicans convince you that taking the pill is the same as getting an abortion. Although you should be able to do both. Yes. (laughs) Sidebar. Freely. Abortions on every corner. Birth control pills (laughs) at every pharmacy. Taco trucks and abortion trucks, right? (laughs) Like, let's let's do it. Um, Abortion on demand. Yes, I am here for that. But uh, kidding aside, it's really... It's really important because, yes, as you said, it's building off of, you know, this uh, elision that happened in the birth control litigation that, that we've covered a bunch where conservatives get to replace their religious belief that contraception is an abortive fashion for medical and scientific evidence that says it's not. And that is critical because not only are they going after abortion rights, as, as we've talked about, they're going after contraception. And Kavanaugh gave it away. I don't think he meant to. But he right. definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in a way that is really just sort of cringing, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, there's something to be said for how partisan the court is and how partisan these hearings are. But to just really see, to be able to like kick off all of the issues and all of the cases that are at risk because of this particular man and his unwillingness to give a straight answer to a question, it's really alarming to watch. 
I mean, I don't want to like go too far down into the panic hole, but if you have a sincerely held religious belief that contraception is an abortive fashion, does that transfer to the state when they try to recriminalize contraception? These are the kinds of questions that I think we have to ask because these are the kinds of issues that are on the table. So that was a really illuminating moment. It, it was. What else? What else do we have, Jessica? What Oof. else happened? Okay, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about Senator Harris for a little bit. Yes. She's really been doing Senator some great Harris. work here. Can we just all just wait a moment? Can we just all just praise Senator Harris for a minute? Because it is amazing. One of my favorite things to watch is watching this intelligent, brilliant black woman making this white dude squirm. Mm -hmm. Because if there's one thing I as a black woman ha have noticed throughout my lifetime, throughout my 44 <laughs> years on this earth, is that white dudes do not like it when black, black women have authority over them or when black women question them. So you could see it in his face that he was irritated. And Kamala Harris was just looking at him like, yeah, we're going to do this. So you can you can hem and haul all you want, but I'm asking my questions and we're going to get through this. So can you explain a little bit about what she was asking him and, and what happened? Oh, sure. So so last night when we were talking um, for the last podcast, uh, uh, Senator Harris hadn't even had a chance to go up yet. So she was so last night she sort of set the stage for her brilliance today too. last night. She managed to set what I can only imagine is, quite frankly, a perjury trap for uh, Brett Kavanaugh when it comes to conversations and contact he's had with third parties re uh, revolving around the Mueller investigation and specifically um, a private law firm that is doing some some interceding work uh, on behalf of Trump and his associates. And Kavanaugh said when, you know, asked last night by Harris if he had had any conversations with those folks, he said no. And it was very clear based on the line of, of um, questioning and the way she developed it that she knew something. That mm -hmm. she had documents and, she, you know, she's a seasoned prosecutor. She knows yeah. her way around a courtroom. She can break a witness. And yep. last night she broke Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love watching good prosecutors in action because you can, if you are also a litigator, you can see where they're going. But a mm -hmm. lot of times witnesses don't see where they're going. And so it's actually kind of amazing to watch a lawyer do that to another lawyer and to mm -hmm. have that lawyer be so dense as to not see it coming. I'm sorry, Brent. But <laughs> <laughs> and last night you could kind of see him get ashen and sunk as he could tell that like that, you know, Harris knew something that he mm -hmm. had been trying to prevent others from knowing. So that carried mm -hmm. over to into today, too. And she was just not going to let him monologue on answers. Right. Um, he has been throughout the hearings like they'll ask a question. Do you think something is correctly decided? And he'll go on for five minutes about the history of that case without actually providing an answer. Right. He's yeah. filibustering effectively is what he's doing when he doesn't like the question. And Harris was not about that today. I mean, when she asked him about a Obergefell, he was like, well, Romer v. Evans and blah, blah. She's like, you know, I, I know the history. I've read the cases. Just answer the question. And he's like, well, but answer the question. I mean, he really does. It was like what he was like law splaining the law to mm -hmm. a lawyer. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. what, dude, what are you doing? Absolutely. And what was in that exchange in particular, I'm really glad you brought up a Obergefell is, you know, that's the Kennedy decision that legalized marriage equality, legalized, struck same sex marriage bans um, in the states and um, is seen as sort of the pinnacle of his uh, legacy on LGBTQ rights. Um, that is, of course, until the just, I don't know, garbage decision that was Masterpiece Cake Shop. Right. We got that this term and Kennedy just basically said discriminating against gay people is bad. The government was mean to Christians. We'll see you later. Like, he totally peaced <laughs> out in that decision. We'll see. 
see you later. And then literally he was, and then he resigned. He was like, no, I literally will catch y'all later. Like Like maybe on a boat somewhere in the middle of the ocean. (laughs) Be like in wine country. Like, right, but like it's it's really important that he brought up this case in response to a question about same-sex marriage because I have been saying, if you've been listening to me scream on Twitter for months, that LGBTQ rights are far from safe in this country. And specifically, same-sex marriage is not even safe in this country. And so the fact that he started talking about a case regarding religious liberty and whether or not basically evangelicals have the religious right to discriminate against gay and lesbian, bi, transgender folk. The fact that he talked about that case rather than answering the question about Obergefell, which is about same-sex marriage, signals to me that they are going to go all religious liberty on same-sex marriage, meaning they are Mm -hmm. going to attack the right of same-sex couples to get married based on religious grounds. And we've already seen that the way that might work, right? With Kim Davis. We all remember Kim mm-hmm. Davis, who in Kentucky was a, what was she, like a, a clerk of some sort? Yeah, she, she was a, 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 a county clerk, a judicial A county clerk, clerk, right, who refused to give marriage certificates mm-hmm. to same-sex couples and claiming that it was her religious right not to do so. So you can see where, you just, you really can see starkly where a Kavanaugh court is going to go. And it, it frightens me, to be to be quite uh, honest. Yeah, especially because the question that Harris posed to Kavanaugh was, do you think a Burgefell was rightly decided? That right. isn't like, like, can you give me your understanding of the evolution of Kennedy's uh, dignity doctrine on, for right. LGBTQ people, starting with, you know, from Romer going through whatever. Like, it was a yes or no question. He and, and Kavanaugh has been on the record repeatedly going back to how he loves Brown versus Board of Education. It was the most rightly decided of all the rightly decided cases that have ever been <laughs> rightly decided. And when pressed for other examples, can't give any. Right. He can't say Roe was rightly decided. He can't say a Burgefell was rightly decided. You know, hell, he, he couldn't you know? even say what's the case where they where where the court um, sanctioned excluding Chinese people from the country. He was asked about Kamala Harris asked him about mm-hmm. that. He wouldn't even say that that was wrongly decided. And Kamala Harris yeah. was like, so you know that that case hasn't even been overturned. And and Brett Kavanaugh is basically like shrug emoji. You know, mm-hmm. just yeah, it's, right. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. So that's where we're at. So, you know, um, some of the Democratic senators have been doing a really great job, I think, building the record against Kavanaugh to the extent that they have the ability to do so with the documents and uh, building the record against the process and Grassley's complicity in it. I mean, the fact that he agreed specifically with Burke to to the manner in which these documents are being disclosed as confidential or not. These are huge. Uh, What if it will ultimately lead to something? I guess we still have to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not optimistic, but then again, you know, I, I, like I said on Twitter, I will eat a deep fried shoe if it turns out that (laughs) any of this, (laughs) if it turns out that any of this changes the minds of the senators that we think whose minds can be changed, mainly Collins and Murkowski. I will literally eat a deep fried stiletto shoe if Collins Mm. and Murkowski vote against Kavanaugh. I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is a done deal. I do appreciate that the Democrats have shown more spine than I thought they would when we started recording these podcasts, it seems like a year ago. But... (laughs) But it's always Monday in Trump's America. It really is. It's just like a never-ending Monday in Trump's America. But ultimately, if Kavanaugh is confirmed, then I would guess that 98.7% of the population is not going to remember a thing that happened during these hearings come six months from now. 
And so yeah. what we're going to see is if we've got a Justice Kavanaugh and when that he provides that very first fifth vote to decimate some unenumerated right of voting right, right to marriage, right to have children, right to an abortion, any of those rights, people are going to be super pissed. And it's going to be a very, very cold comfort when I'm able to say, I told y'all so. Because the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, whether or not he's a legitimate justice, a legitimate justice gets the same number of votes as an illegitimate justice. And so just having a big record about how crappy Kavanaugh is and how he may or may not have lied under oath, which is something we can talk about probably tomorrow, but the, the fact of the matter is he'll be on the bench and he will be on the bench for 30 years and that will be a done deal. So I'm really, really heated about about either walking out or doing something to make the American public realize that these proceedings are, in my opinion, utterly illegitimate because we do not have his full record. Mm-hmm. So that's my rant for the day. <laughs> Damn, let's get a whiskey. Yeah, let's get a whiskey. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up because uh, Jessica's got like seven more years worth of hearings to live tweet, and I need to probably just throw myself off this first floor balcony. Um, so, just the first floor. <laughs> just the, for, I mean, I don't want to injure myself. I still got a lot of fight no. in me, but I just kind of want the symbolic gesture of just jumping through a closed window <laughs> onto the, into the street. So that's it for us today. You can follow our tweet shenanigans on Twitter. I'm angry black lady. Jessica is at hegemommy, H-E-G-E-M-O-M-M-Y. You can follow rewire.news at rewire underscore news. And join our Facebook group. Go go to Facebook, look up Boom Lawyer, answer the question. Please answer the question. It's just a, it's one simple question. Why do you like us? Just we need a little we need a little morale boost. Um, and then we'll let you write in, and you can have access to all of our exclusive content and rantings and ravings. And you can meet other I don't know what are we going to call fans of our podcast? Boom heads, lawyer heads. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just fellow, I, don't know. I guess just fellow law nerds will work. Fellow law nerds. <laughs> I was going to say that one question is like. So easy. It's not even like we're asking you to comment of whether Obergefell was correctly decided. Like, right? <laughs> and the answer to that question is yes, anyway. <laughs> so that's it for um, us. I guess we'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, folks. Boom Lawyered is created and hosted by Jessica Mason-Piclo and Imani Gandhi. Nora Hurley is our producer. Our executive producer is Mark Folletti. And the Rewire.News editor-in-chief is Jody Jacobson. 